first question for you is, you know, where are you from? You know, what's your background for people who may not know who you are? Sure. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm Cheryl Campbell. I'm a native Marylander. I'm a proud Marylander. I love to say that. Uh, but uh, go back four generations. I am the youngest of um, five children. My father was a World War II veteran. He and my mother had since married and had five kids. Uh, he really built our life around um, doing construction. And, um, and I had, uh, original plan was that I was gonna go to college and become a, an accountant and come back and be the back office for the construction company. And it turned out that um, I took my first computer science class and got excited and uh, couldn't, and I never turned back. That was truly where my passion has been. I ended up getting my degree from the University of Maryland. And um, at that point in time, there were very few that looked like me in, in my classes and in the job market. There were very few in technology. Okay. So I was very um, excited to be a part of that industry. Really didn't know exactly where it was going to take me, but in life, you know, you should take those first steps. You have to figure out, um, well, along the way, you find that those steps take you in a certain direction that you had not even envisioned when you started. But the first thing is to take the first step and get excited about those first steps. Okay. So my next question for you is for people who don't know, what is the Eagle Force Warrior Foundation? So the foundation itself, um, you know, we'd love to say it's veterans helping veterans mm -hmm. and starting out with how do you help, uh, continue to help our veterans be successful. Mm -hmm. Our government does a great job, uh, but, you know, I always say the strongest of the strong need a little helping hand on occasion. Mm -hmm. And as we are all out there uh, telling our servicemen and women, you know, thank you for your service, right. I felt it was important to go to the next step and helping those veterans. And so the Eagle Force Warrior Foundation has two primary missions. First of all, it's around air and ground transportation okay. for the extended family to get to the bedside. Mm -hmm. um, quite, uh, quite often when someone has been injured or wounded um, and they're at, for example, in our local area would be Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, and um, the cost associated to get the extended family to the bedside is very, very um, expensive. Mm -hmm. And so by regulation, our government pays for one family member. And if you think about that, I always love to tell the story about you think about the enlisted person mm -hmm. who's between the age of 18 and 30, for example, who might be married. Now, the family gets the call that their loved one has been injured. Mm -hmm. Now they look around the room and trying to figure out, okay, who are we going to send? Is it that young spouse? Is it mom? Is it dad? Or what about the children? Right. And so we actually provide the air and ground transport to take that burden off of the family to have to make that decision, to get the full extended family member to the bedside, because we think it's important for that individual's recovery to have um, that support system at the bedside. So that's one aspect of what we do. The other one is that um, as these individuals also transition out of the military, we all recognize at some point in our lives where the challenge associated with transition. And you're trying to now take a person who their entire career has been in the military. Now they have to position themselves for, for something in the civilian sector. Right. How do you help them through that process? So we yeah. provide transition services associated with resume writing, thinking through a strategy for moving into um, 
um, the interview process for a job opportunity and so forth, and really kind of helping. And it's not just the veteran. We do we look at the whole family nucleus, right? right? We also think about the extended family in that process as well. Okay. So just like looking at your background and you know your education and everything you've done, um, seeing you have a, a passion for for health and for health and helping people. Where does that stem from? Where does that come from? I think it, it, part of it is in your DNA. You know how you how you how you were raised by your by your family and so forth. And um, as I mentioned, the one of the reasons I started the the, the foundation focused on veterans because I saw what uh, my father, being as I mentioned earlier, World War II veteran, he learned he was with the Army Corps of Engineers, okay. which meant he learned construction. He was a when he when he left to go into the military, he was a farmer. His dad had a farm. He knew about farming. He knew nothing about construction. He goes into um, obviously um, uh, into World War II, learning a trade. Mm-hmm. He came back and he started a construction company. Okay. Gave him an opportunity to now um, be an entrepreneur, and as well use those skills that he learned in the military back into the civilian world. And I would I wanted to do something similar for our young men and women as they transition out of military service to help them think through a strategy so that they can be successful when they're back in their home base. Um, I think secondly, um, when you hear about the level of suicide Mm -hmm. among our veterans, there's no one thing that's causing it, Mm -hmm. but a person's self-esteem is so critical. Mm-hmm. And so now these young men and women are going back to their home where they, when they joined the military, the same environment, pretty similar to the environment they left where mm-hmm. there's not a big job market. Right. And now they're having to figure out how to develop themselves in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get up in the morning, you want to have a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. You want to have a sense of belonging. You want to know that you are making a contribution to your family and to society as a whole. Right. So if there's a way for us to help in that way, in that fashion. And um, for my husband and I, I've been married for a little over 30 years now. Okay. He was a former Navy pilot uh, and um, um, degreed from FAMU University okay. in physics and math. And so he has a technology company, and we both um, recognize that you can do uh, well by doing good. And for me, it's always been what's important for the bigger society and not just for me as an individual. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you that uh, building large software development systems for big corporations on a national scale has been my background historically. Very proud of those components in my life, but I can tell you that right now being able to get up and help a young family as they are struggling Mm -hmm. and challenging themselves and move forward Mm -hmm. is by far the most rewarding aspect of what I do. That's my next question for you. Can you can you walk me through that a family that's struggling, straight out the military, jumping into quote unquote people say the real world? Sure. What is that process like? So I'll tell you um, I'll tell you a quick story because it's the most it's the most current ones, which sometimes is always good. So I have a young man that um, he he um, was over in Afghanistan. And um, he was part of his job responsibility was to defuse was to defuse an I um, an IED. Mm. In that process, um, it blew up. Mm. 
and he lost um, significant capacity in his right hand and um, limited capacity in his, um, in his left hand. He's at Walter Reed Hospital. He's a young man that's under the age of 30. He's married with three children and two dogs. Right, so the wife is in North Carolina at Camp Lejeune. Okay. He's a Marine Corps guy. He's at camp. She's at Camp Lejeune. He's here at Walter Reed in in, in um, Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. She's in North Carolina raising three little children, ages six months to two years to I think a five year old and two and two dogs. Okay. And he's going through a series of um, uh, surgeries. Right. And so I said, when's the last time your family's been to see you? He said, yeah. you know, it's too, it's too costly for them to come up. And, and so, you know, I'm, you know, getting through it on my own. Mm. So I took care of this past weekend to have his family um, come up for Valentine's Day mm. and for President's Weekend, right? So wife and three kids. And, and so now we're actually expanded the foundation to include pets. Okay. Because they said one of the big, biggest expenses for them was boarding the dogs. Yeah. Didn't even think about that as a as a challenge, right? right? But they said the cost to board the dogs is actually keeping them, keeping her from taking the trip. And I said, well, you know, by all means, pets are part of the family, a big part of the family. So we've extended our mission to when I think talk about extended family, I'm including mm -hmm. um, the, those the pets as well. So we boarded the pets. The family came here for the weekend, and he sent me a text with a picture of the family, and he said, um, "Thank you so much for bringing my family to me." Wow. That's awesome. Uh, so one thing I noticed on the website, <clears throat> it said that, you know, the government does a great job of helping, um, you know, warriors, wounded warriors or veterans. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of, a lot of like many unmet needs. Uh, what do you think are those unmet needs that still need to be addressed and still needs, you know, needs to be done? Sure. Well, first of all, there's a lot of great organizations out there that are helping to fill the gap, is what I call it, right? Um, and uh, it ranges anywhere from um, housing to um, helping individuals transition to transportation to, um, you know, recently I've met an organization that uh, helps families, wounded warriors, um, they take them through like a, um, an eight-week weekend golf camp, right? So they're teaching them the game of golf, but it's really helping them re uh, reestablish themselves into society. It's getting them out of the house. It's all those other things that you don't recognize are critical for a family when they're trying to start a new normal. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are, there are many great organizations out there that are helping to fill those gaps. Um, you know, you know, by by regulation or process, um, our government does a very good job of helping to mend the um, some of the physical aspects. Right. But there's still some challenges in um, on the mental side, okay. and so there's still a need in that in those areas for people with PTSD and so forth to to continue to move forward. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you. I mean, you have a like I said, a phenomenal background. You've accomplished a lot. I've seen you got recognition. You won some awards for your for your hard work. Um, how does that feel to get recognized for your work? Because I feel like you know there's a lot of a lot of people are trying to probably do the same thing you're doing. Don't get the recognition. So how does that feel to to be recognized for your work? Um, you know, it, so recognition is one of those things where um, 
you know, you have to keep it in context, right? So you don't want it to become sort of the thing that drives you. Right. Because those are, you start to make decisions that are not really the right decisions because you're making them based on something that is false and not really um, yeah. sustainable kind of thing. I, I think it's important um, as we all um, contribute to society or tr- contribute in our workplace, for our families and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, it is nice to get to, to be recognized for, for um, an accomplishment or something that you've done. I actually think as we as individuals, uh, you know, you as a family, you should celebrate your, your uh, successes as well because mm-hmm. um, you only get one, one shot at this journey yeah. and you should enjoy it along the way. And it's really um, nice to sort of pause and recognize that you maybe have done something that no one else has done mm-hmm. or you've uh, been able to uh, impact a set of individuals that um, are in need and the importance of doing of doing that. Um, so it's it's um, it's a nice it's a nicety, but you quickly park it and move on to the next great thing that or the next thing that you need to do because there's always something more that needs to get done. Right. So I have to ask you. I know you guys. Uh oh. <laughs> that's a fun question. Uh, I know you guys do golf tournaments. Yes. So I know in basketball you play one on one, and whoever scores the most points wins. I don't know how it works in golf, but have you and Pam ever played against each other? <laughs> uh, first of all, I you so one of my keys to success is to know your competition. Okay, right? <laughs> and I'm sure you know that in basketball as well, right? <laughs> and so the fact that I know that she has paid, played significantly, yeah. I play very little. Yeah. I know who to pick for a com- for a competitor. It would not be Pam for golf. Okay. That would not be the case, yeah. uh, and that would be that would not be the sport. I think if I if I had to do a sport that I was going to compete with someone in, yeah. it probably would be tennis for me. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So tennis is your sport. Tennis is more my sport. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so that was that's a fun question I went throughout there. <laughs> well, that was that was safe. That was, I didn't know where you were going with that, but okay. Um, so my my last question for you is, um, what advice would you give someone who you know, in your shoes, coming up, starting out, and you know, want to be where you are today? What advice would you give them? Just that process of getting into where you are. So there's a couple of things. Um, um, one, I say patience, but then also be um, anxious to continue to push yourself to go further. Mm. Um, don't rest. Mm. Uh, this is, um, you know, when you're when you're young, you're trying to figure out when you're when you're in your twenties. And then, we, what's the definition of young these days? So when you're when you're starting out in your career, right? Mm. You want to ch- you want to challenge yourself to learn as much as you possibly can. And then, as you're doing that, you figure out the thing that really excites you. Mm. And once you lock in on that, then hone those the hone that craft. Mm. Be very good at whatever that is, mm-hmm. and then to expand yourself from there. Okay. Um, I think it's important to um, recognize what your strengths are mm-hmm. and what your weaknesses are. Um, continue to expand your strengths, yeah. but also how do you continue to shore up your weaknesses as you go along? Okay. And do self-assessments along the way. You know, how am I doing? You know, is the conversation I'm having um, or the, the, the time, how I spend my time, is it leading to something 
beneficial and fruitful as I move forward. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Actually, that was not the last question. <laughs> no, the Uh-oh. question popped in my head. Um, so your husband is a, is a veteran, right? Yes, he is. What's that like being, you know, a wife or married to a veteran? What's What's that? What's that experience like? So I'd love to tell you that I know the answer to that question, <laughs> but I met him just after he got out of the military. So okay. he did um, a little over eight years okay. as a Navy pilot, okay. and when I met him, he had just um, he had just gotten out of the military. He had his own first air charter company mm-hmm. that he um, established for himself. He used to fly. He's someone you should also interview because he actually, um, when Reverend Jackson was flying for pre- I mean, flying when he was running for office as um, president, right. my husband was his pilot, um, wow. and he's flown. Um, Colin Powell, uh, Margaret Thatcher, when she came into country on a number of occasions, she asked for him specifically. Wow. Uh, so he's flown a great deal of um, dignitaries over his career, and um, but you know his real passion has always been in the tech field of technology. Well, being an aviator is a good passion, and yes. he's very excited about that to be a flyboy, as they call them. But uh, but also being. Um, technology technology focused, which mm-hmm. is why he now has a technology company. So I can't say exactly what it's like to be a military um, um, wife. Yeah. So I can't I can't I, I could I could speculate and give yeah. you some ideas, but uh, I can, don't have firsthand knowledge on that side of the equation. Okay. Well, um, any last words? Any questions from the audience, Pam? <laughs> No, I think she spoke very well. I mean, and not you don't have to have been by their side as the military wife. They bring home the veteran experience, and you experience that part that every wife experiences that's married to a vet. So. No, I agree. I think there's um, you know whether you whether you've gone as part of their career as a veteran when they are no longer um, part of the veteran community in that regard as the spouse of there is a um, there's still a connection first of all it's a very strong community and um, and there is a um, a pride that you have that you have married someone who has served and the joy of what that brings to the table, the commitment you know of that individual. I think it says a lot about um, a person that you meet that has served their country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a certain level of character mm-hmm. that comes into play when those individuals have stepped up to the plate. Right. And, um, and you know quite often in the military you're, you are taught discipline. Mm-hmm. You're taught respect. Right. You're taught certain aspects of as a human being, you would want to have in your life. Right. So, there are many many benefits of um, um, of being associated with someone who has served. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Um, I, again, it was an honor to sit down with you and to learn more about your story and your journey.